Welcome to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies with John Balserac. John has been in the financial services industry for over 20 years and has dedicated his business career to helping families accomplish their financial goals by focusing on their core values, which involve balance and clarity of all four asset classes, financial, intellectual, social, and human. Contact John Balserac at 888-949-7475 or on the web at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number 4, wealth.com. And now here's John to help you create lifestyles and build legacies. And welcome back to another show of Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. I'm your host, John Balzerak, with A4 Wealth Advisors and my amazing co-host, the one and only Tony Shore. Tony, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm great. I've had my coffee. I'm ready to go. I'm excited uh, doing the show with you. It's so much fun, and I always learn something, uh, obviously. How could I not? You're a wealth of information, pardon the pun. Uh, but uh, you're a great financial advisor, so this is going to be fun. How have you been? I've been busy. Uh, it just seems you know to we, get we've crazy. got we've gotten snow down here in the Carolinas. Oh. We're 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 taking lessons from Minnesota up there. <laughs> yeah, how did you drive in that? Did you do okay, or did you just not go? I'm out from Baltimore. It? I've been in the Carolinas for 23 years, but I can drive in snow. I can't say that for a lot of my <laughs> Carolinian cohorts, but. Um, you know, they take extra precaution around oh, yeah. here. You know, if you go to the grocery store, number one, at the thought of a flurry, there's no milk or no bread at the grocery store. It's gone. <laughs> if you go to Lowe's or Home Depot, there are no generators. Gone. And the funny thing is, in a day or two, it'll be back into the 70s. Yep. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but maybe the high 60s. Right. Uh, maybe playing go- golf in shorts uh, one of these days, <laughs> a couple, a few days after, but... You know, it is what it is. My my kids love it oh, because yeah. they get to play and get in, you know, an inch or two of snow or even more. You know, they get a couple of days off of school and that's always interesting. You know, we, we take them sledding and then my my wife starts pulling her hair out and wants to uh, make sure they go back to school. But yeah, I bet. Side note of all that, uh, let's focus on financial planning. Let's sure. focus on finance. A lot of people ask me out there about qualified money versus non-qualified money. You know, people look at me like, you know, what's qualified, what's non-qualified. And, you know, I've been doing this for so long that I just take it for granted. So I said, let's, let's talk about this today on the radio. Um, all money spends the same, but not all money is taxed the same time, uh, if that makes yep. sense. So in today's episode of Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies, we're going to dive into the topic of qualified money versus non-qualified money and the possible tax treatment on both types of accounts because people just don't know. And depending on your unique situation for retirement, everybody out there is different who's listening, uh, it may be beneficial to have both types of assets at your disposal in your portfolio that are both qualified and non-qualified. So that sounds like a great topic. Uh, But uh, one quick question before we get too far into it, what is qualified and non-qualified money, and how do we tell the difference? Maybe you could define that for us. Yeah, you're not alone in the confusion here. You know, today we're going to help our listeners and our audience out there understand a little bit more about what you know makes these accounts different and why they may both have value. So, you know, with many things in your retirement strategy, there are pros and there are cons. And I tell people with every financial vehicle out there, there's both. 
That's why we want to build you a well-designed plan. Um, and there's, you know, there's, there's cons and pros to qualified money and non-qualified accounts. And if you're listening out there, you know, what the, what's right for you is going to depend. It's going to depend on your unique situation. So for the typical retirement saver, having a mix of qualified and non-qualified accounts can provide balance and flexibility for an ever-changing financial landscape that we find out there. So, so what exactly is the difference between qualified and non-qualified? Well, to explain, uh, I'm going to enlist the help of Tim Parker's article, which was cleverly titled, Qualified versus Non-Qualified Plan, What's the Difference? <laughs> and, and just so you know, that was published, Tony, um, on thebalance.com in July of 2018, so it's a very new article. And according to the article, the account definitions are established and regulated by the Employee Retirement Income and Security Act, otherwise known as ERISA, E-R-I-S-A. And just so you know, that was enacted into law in 1974. Oh, wait a minute. 74. Tony, what were you doing in 1974? We want to get a flashback <laughs> for our listeners. I'm sure I don't remember. I, I was quite young. Was I even alive at that time? Oh, I guess I was. Um but it does seem like a long time ago. I, I mean, can see you playing mailbox baseball up there <laughs> with an afro. Well, I mean, that's funny you mentioned that. I mean, not too many more years, and ERISA itself will be old enough for retirement, right? That that's correct. That's correct. So, so there have been many attempts to update ERISA, just so you know. And in fact, ThinkAdvisor dot com they wrote an article in May of twenty eighteen entitled "Retirement Industry Officials." Back bipartisan bills to update ERISA. And that was examined by four recent attempts to adjust the law. And we could do an entire show just on ERISA, just so you know. But for now, let's just stick to qualified versus non-qualified and, and how those work. Yeah, I mean, those are probably tricky enough. And I think that's a good point. Let's dive into these differences between these two types of accounts. Uh, what makes each one unique then, John? Okay, so qualified accounts are designed to give you tax benefits on funds that you invest and help you build a bigger asset pool to jumpstart your retirement. Uh, or at least that's the hope. Right. Okay. And non qualified accounts don't come with such tax benefits, but they do come with the freedom to move your money often without age restrictions or withdrawal penalties, depending upon the investment vehicle that you choose. Well, that seems about as clear as mud, John. Okay, <laughs> so, so so stick with All me. All right. Okay, so, so in addition to having different benefits, both accounts come with some rules on how you can use them. Uh, in the balance article that Tim Parker wrote, uh, he talks about the rules that are designed to keep people from taking advantage of loopholes created in the establishment of qualified accounts. So Parker says that basically in qualified plans, in particular, uh, they also come with a few additional benefits that may make the following rules worth it. Uh, that's one reason that many employer-sponsored accounts are established as qualified plans. You know, So if you're out there today and you work for a big comp uh, corporation, a defined contribution plan or a 401k plan, which is a defined contribution plan, would be a qualified plan. Mm. And for listeners out there, think about it. So, Tony, if you make $100,000 a year and you put $20,000 in your 401k plan, 
how much income tax are you going to pay on for your income that year? Um, no tricky math. No, you none. make a hundred, you put in twenty. You're going to pay tax on eighty thousand. Oh, on eighty. Oh, right. Okay. In, in other words, if you make a hundred thousand a year and you put twenty thousand in your four hundred one k. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're, you're not going to pay, pay any tax. You're only going to pay taxes that year on the eighty thousand. Right. The other twenty thousand went into that account pre. Yeah, you don't pay any on the twenty you put in though. That's exactly right. right. So you know, for so that feels good in the current year because you know, let's say you and your wife both put in twenty thousand, and you're making a hundred thousand, say as a couple. Well, that's forty thousand dollars that's not going to get taxed that year. You're only going to be taxed on the other sixty, as far as your income is concerned. So that's a nice break, right? The money goes in pre-tax, and that money is qualified. Okay, now now here is the downfall. If you do that over 20, 30, or 40 years, which a lot of people do, and you have all of your money in qualified accounts, it felt good that 40 years because you got all those deductions or all that money went in pre-tax, but now you kind of have a tax time bomb because when all the money comes out of those qualified accounts, it's going to come out taxable at ordinary income tax rates. And for those of us uh, that reach 70 and a half years old, you have what's called a required minimum distribution. And if it's all pre-tax, Tony, you could see how later on, um, you know, that, that could be not beneficial because now at 71 or 72, you're in one of the highest tax brackets. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. You, you could, uh, yeah, you're, you can move into a high tax bracket versus a low or vice versa. By utilizing a qualified plan, right? Yeah, you can. So, you know, like I said, in the current tax year, qualified accounts, 403Bs, 401Ks, SEPs, IRAs, these are all accounts that in many cases either go in pre-tax or will give you an actual deduction. Now, there are some income limitations if you make too much money where you phase out, where you can't get a deduction. Right. But for the most part, you're going to, that money's going to go in pre-tax for most Americans. And if your employer's matching you, that's even better. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's a lot of pros uh, to qualified accounts. You know, one of the cons is you're going to have restrictions on when you can pull the money out. I talked about yep. that. So you really can't touch it till 59 and a half. If you do, there's could be a 10% excise penalty on top of ordinary income tax. So, you know, they want you to leave it in there for retirement. You know, a lot of people make the mistake, Tony, of spending their retirement account money before retirement on other things. And that's why you get penalized because the IRS and, you know, they don't want you doing that. They want you to keep that money there specifically for retirement. Right. So, so you do have some restrictions, restrictions on when you can pull it out. But for the most part, it will definitely reduce your taxable income, okay, in the current tax year. And, you know, this is where, you know, maybe having a qualified account or maybe putting money into a Roth will make sense or hedging your bet. Maybe you put half in pre-tax, half in post-tax, because later on you want to have options and flexibility. And if you have all of your money in pre-tax qualified accounts, you're not going to have a whole lot of flexibility later on. Wow. Well, and obviously 401ks are very common. Uh, so many people have those or a 403B, something like that, 457. And uh, that's the type of account you're talking about here. Um, that's correct. Right? That's correct. Yeah. 401ks, 403Bs, 457 plans. Um, you know, 403Bs, you know, that's mainly for nonprofits. Yep. 401ks would be for private companies. And then for business owners out there, maybe you have a SEP IRA, or maybe if you're a small business, you have a simple IRA. 
you know, all of them have different contribution limits, but they all work the same way. You can put money in pre-tax, okay? Now, the good news is that a lot of companies today are offering you a post-tax or Roth option to where you are going to pay tax on that part of the money this year, but all the future growth in that account will be tax-free. Wow. It will grow tax-deferred, and again, it will come out tax-free. Why? Because you've already paid tax on it. Nice. So, you know, we're the school of thought right now that taxes are on sale. You know, the highest tax bracket ever in the United States, Tony, was actually 94%. Ouch. You can check that out after World War II. Wow. Uh, in, the, in the 70s, it was uh, in the 70s, the highest federal bracket. And now in 2018, it's only 37%. So when you're a big radio host like Tony Shore <laughs> and you're syndicated across the United States and you're making 600000 plus, Tony, right. <laughs> Uh, you're only taxed at 37%. So if you look at the history of the United States, 70% in the 70s, you know, 94% after World War II, I'll tell people that today taxes are on sale. Yeah. So why don't we hedge our bet and maybe take at least half and put the money into a Roth 401k if your company has that option, which means you're paying tax now on those dollars, but you're setting yourself up later for a lot of tax-free income which gives you flexibility, and it gives you flexibility in a lot of different areas. Uh, for example, if you want to retire, say at sixty-two, Tony, and you want to, you have to get your own health insurance, right? Let's see if you're going to retire at sixty-two because you can't hop on Medicare at sixty-five. Right. Well, if you go out into the exchanges, you may find that your health insurance is going to cost you eighteen hundred dollars a month for you and your wife. Yikes. Well, if you're able to pull money out of the Roth option, maybe and keep your taxable income a lot lower, maybe you can qualify for subsidies. You know, maybe you can get taxed less on Social Security. If you make about $44,000 married filing jointly, then uh, you're going to be taxed up to 85% on, on Social Security. But if you have a tax-free bucket to pull money off of, maybe we can get you down to the 50% level. So, you know, this is where tax planning comes into effect and, and thinking about where we're going to fund our retirement buckets. It's not just one aspect. It's multiple assets or multiple different buckets. Maybe you get more money in Social Security. Maybe you pay less money for health insurance if you're going to retire early. So you got to look at all those different facets when you build a plan. And I know for a lot of listeners out there, they've never, ever done a plan. They never thought about a plan. They don't even know what their actual goals are. So what we do at A4 Wealth, Tony, is help our clients and prospective clients, number one, clearly define their goals. The second thing that we do is we help them make a plan. You know, as a certified financial planner for a long time here, you know, we are plan-driven, not product-driven, and we want to help listeners out there make a plan. If you don't have a plan and you want one, you can give us a call toll-free at 1-855-260-7361. Again, 1-855-260-7361. All right. Hey, that sounds great, John. Uh, some great advice there. Unfortunately, we have to take a quick break right now before we continue. Is there anything you'd like to share before the break? No, I just recommend that people out there get a second opinion. And if you don't have a defined written income plan, you don't have a plan, let's make a plan together. Give us a call toll free. It'll be worth your time. And just, just so you know, for listeners out there, this is a complimentary service. We don't charge you until you decide to become our client. And we go over all that uh, in detail. But give us a call, 855-260-7361, and let's sit down and make a plan. Do you ever feel like you need a retirement toolkit to help navigate your retirement? Retirement can be scary, 
but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Income Toolkit from A4 Wealth Advisors now by going to a4wealth.com or by calling us at 888-949-7475. And welcome back to Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and our host is John Balserak from A4 Wealth Advisors. And John, today you've been talking about qualified versus non-qualified accounts. And really the big difference is the tax implications from what I understand so far. And you are mentioning some of the reasons as an employer, uh, they might like offering qualified plans. And you mentioned some of the tax benefits that both the employer and the employee benefits from, right? Yes, that's correct. I mean, let's not forget that as an employee, you are also benefiting, you know, benefiting from an account like a non-Roth 401k. And you'll notice that your contributions to these accounts come off the top of your salary, okay? So like I said, you're making 100, you put in 20, you pay tax on 80. So your money is being invested in the account without taxes coming out, and that's known as a pre-tax distribution okay, into your plan. And that will help you save money when you file your taxes because the full income that you made is not being taxed because you're putting that in this account. So are there limits or regulations on these qualified accounts? Yes, there are. Uh, with the benefits of qualified accounts come some of the rules that we mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, generally, there are limitations on how much money you can put into a qualified account. Uh, you know, for 401ks in 2018, that's 18500 The nice thing, Tony, is if you are over 50, you can put a healthy catch-up contribution in there. I always talk to listeners. They say, well, John, you know, I'm 52. I got late to the game. What should I do? Well, put your full eighteen five in plus your full catch-up. Yeah. I think that's like 24500 And then if you're getting a match, then your employee's putting money on top of that. So, you know, you can catch up quickly if you're diligent. So for listeners out there that maybe started late or maybe they had a health challenge, maybe they were unemployed, you know, maybe they went through a divorce. I mean, things happen in life. What you need to do is get back on the horse and re-engage and start a new plan. So don't be afraid to do that. Right. And, you know, something else I was thinking about, you mentioned the 59 and a half age earlier. How does that come into play? Explain that to us. Well, that's a very important restriction for people that need to understand. You know, if you take money out of these accounts before 59 and a half, you know, let's just say that you're in the 22% bracket. You're going to play, you're going to pay 10 plus 22 plus state if you have a state that charges income tax. So if you're in the 22% bracket, you're going to pay 32%. And, you know, North Carolina is another 5.75%. I mean, that's a that's a big hit to your retirement account. Yeah. You know? So, you know, and just remember that these plans also force you to pull money out at 70 and a half. So you don't want to touch them early, okay? And, again, this is why maybe having an after-tax brokerage account for emergencies is a good idea. And then maybe hedging your bet with a with a post tax Roth four hundred one k, not all that's pre tax. Where you're hedging your bet, you're creating another bucket of money that is tax free. Oh. 
And if, if you design a plan like this and you diversify it, not just for the investment portion, but for how it's taxed, I think that a lot of people will benefit from that long term. So are there any exceptions uh, to that 59 and a half rule that would allow us to withdraw at times uh, before we turn 59 and a half? Yeah, there are. There are some, you know, I would say there's always loopholes for different people for different situations. Um, one of the laws out there is called a 72T distribution. Uh, that allows you to take equal periodic payments. So let's suppose, Tony, you retire at, like, say, say 57. If you take, uh, you know, peri- periodic equal payments, the IRS says you, can either, you have to do at least five years or 59 and a half, whichever is longer. So if you started at 50, you got to take it for nine and a half years. If you started at 57, you only got to do it for five years. Um, there's also uh, some other things out there that the IRS has produced. Publication 590-B, as in boy. And you can go to the IRS.gov, by the way, if you're listening and you want to Google some of this. But Publication 590-B in 2017, Distributions from Individual Retirement or, uh, Arrangements, IRAs. They define the new rules for tax-favored withdrawals and repayments from certain retirement plans, including IRAs, for taxpayers who suffered economic losses as a result of, for example, Hurricane Harvey, Irma, or Maria. This was a special instance by the government to aid taxpayers in the event of national disaster. So while 72T is just equal periodic payments that anybody can use, for those hit with some natural disasters, I mean, I think about the poor people in California with all the, the wildfires out there, that 59-B would apply to them to where you could access funds. They're still going to tax you on the distribution, but they're not going to put the 10% penalty in there. So, you know, that's some information that people could use out there because we've seen a lot of natural disasters the last few years, and maybe that helps some people out there today. Um, now, I think thought we might talk a little bit about those non-qualified plans and their benefits, right? Yeah. You know, with non-qualified accounts, Tony, you know, since you've already paid income tax on the funds, you can generally do what you want with them. You know, unlike qualified accounts, there are no really, uh, you know, unlike qualified accounts, there are no contribution limits and you can sell stocks and redeem shares without paying penalties. Uh, Of course, you are taxed on dividends. You are taxed on gains and interest but not on the original or principal amount that's invested, okay? So that's one big difference. You're kind of paying as you go. Um, So I think a lot of people out there should have a brokerage account or after-tax account or non-qualified account because it just gives you more flexibility to your planning, you know? If you're gonna, you know, if if you're married, you're gonna plan for a wedding and you don't wanna touch retirement assets, you may take it out of brokerage account funds, you know? It could be used for other purposes. And it's not going to have near the amount of restrictions, and it's not all going to come out of ordinary income. You know, where qualified accounts, the whole kibit and caboodle is going to be taxed because it never was. Here, you know, the principal amount was taxed, so just interest and dividends, and that will be taxed on a yearly basis. So, so you're not going to be hit as hard, and that money can be used for other things that you need. Right as you go about eating. So, so that makes sense to have that in a financial plan. Sure. So let's say, for example, uh, just for example, I'll keep it low so it's easy to understand. Let's say we invest $100. Let's say I put $100 in uh, to the, the Roth and years later it, it had grown and I withdrew $150. Uh, 
uh, I would only be taxed on the $50 is what you're saying. It's actually rarely that simple, and there are many other factors to keep in mind. However, uh, that is the general idea, okay? But, you know, make sure to consult with your CPA. Uh, you know, you always want to have a qualified tax professional, but just because if you do income taxes, it's like dominoes. If you, if, you, if you move one thing here, it affects things over there. So it's not as simple as that, but in general, that's correct. You're not going to be taxed again on the principal amount because you've already been taxed on right. the principal amount. So do, do employers offer non-qualified accounts then? Yeah, non-qualified accounts can also be offered to or by employers. And according to that article that we were referencing earlier, is employers will often use non-qualified accounts to supplement the income of highly paid employees. Well, why do they do that? Well, non-qualified accounts are not subject to the same contribution limitations as qualified ah. accounts. Okay, and unlike qualified accounts, employers aren't required to treat everyone equally with a non-qualified plan. So let's say you have highly, you know, highly paid people or executives in a company. Let's say there's five of them, and you've got maybe 50 rank and file employees. Well, if for a qualified plan, you know, the highly paid executives, if they're going to give themselves some type of a, um, I say a bonus, but that's not the right the word for it. If they're going to give themselves some type of a match on how much they put in, that needs to be equal across all of the employees, okay? And they have what's called top-heavy rules, you know, so people at the top can't give more to themselves than, say, people at the bottom or the rank and file. I hate to use the word bottom, but, you know, the person who's not as highly compensated. So what they can do is they can use a non-qualified plan, maybe a non-qualified deferred comp plan that doesn't have the same set of rules as a qualified plan to incentivize and compensate their most, you know, their best talent that gets paid the most money because you don't have all those rules and restrictions. So it's a, it's a, great, a great way for employers to have, uh, to keep and attract the best talent because over, uh, you know, paid executives typically offer more value to the companies and that's why they get paid more. So those plans are out there. Well, yeah. Yeah, and so obviously it depends on your situation once again. It seems it always comes down to that, uh, and, and that certainly wouldn't apply to everyone, but I think it's helpful to know. Absolutely. You know, that's why I say, you, know, you find an advisor who has a fiduciary responsibility to act in your best interest and, and look at all your options. I mean, number one, set some realistic goals. Get with a good financial advisor that can actually give you a detailed Retirement income plan. You know, if it's, you don't have, if it's not written down, you don't have one. By the way, if you're out there listening, you know, people come in, they've got stuff, they've got investments, they got you know, a 60-40 mix of stocks and bonds, but they don't have a plan. And then, moreover, maybe they don't know all the options that are available to them. So, some of the first things we want to do here is figure out um, what your options are, and how do we put together a comprehensive plan that looks at all these different aspects of things that you can do. How much should we put in our qualified accounts? How much should we put in our Roth accounts? How much should we put in our non-qualified accounts? And what goals do those each work for? You know, so if you're listening out there and you don't have a plan like that and you want one, give our office a call. It's toll free, uh, 855-260-7361. The two appointment process is also complimentary. You don't pay for anything, okay? 
And until we add value, you decide to hire us. Like I said, we're going to give you some options and show you an actual plan. And then the other thing you could do is you can go to our website at www.a4wealth.com. That's a4wealth.com. And you can look at our learning library if you just want to learn. So these are things that I suggest that our listeners do, Tony. Get a plan, get with a good advisor, and let's get started. You know, we're about to go into 2019. Great time to do goal setting and that kind of thing. All right. Sounds good. And that does it for today's episode of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies with our host, John Balserat. Thank you for listening to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. Call 888-949-7475 or visit their website at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. John Balserzak and A4 Wealth Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 